Chapter Five of Mary Louise in the Country by L. Frank Baum, read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Chapter Five: Mary Louise becomes a peacemaker. Here are the dishes, exactly like the broken ones," reported Mary Louise in a jubilant tone as she set down her heavy basket. "Let us go in and wash them, Ingua, and put them away where they belong." The child followed her into the house. All her former pent-up energy seemed to have evaporated. She moved in a dull sort of way that betokened grim resignation. "'I've been planning for months to make a run for it,' she remarked as she washed the new dishes, and Mary Louise wiped them dry. "'And just when I'd mustered up courage to do the trick, along comes you and queered the whole game.' "'You'll thank me for that some day, Ingua. Aren't you glad even now that you have a home and shelter?' "'I ain't tickled to death about it. A home!' with a scornful glance around the room, barren of all comforts. "'A graveyard's a more cheerful place, to my notion.' "'We must try to make it pleasanter, dear. I'm going to get acquainted with Mr. Cragg, and coax him to brighten things up some, and buy you some new clothes, and take better care of you.' Ingua fell back on a stool, fairly choking twixt amazement and derision. "'You! Coax old Swallertail! Make him spend money on me! Say, if you wasn't a stranger here, Mary Louise, I'd just laugh. But, being as how you're a poor innocent, I'll only say there ain't no power on earth can coax Grandad to do anything better than to scowl and box my ears. You don't know him, but I do. Meantime, said Mary Louise, refusing to argue the point, here are some things for you to hide away, and to eat whenever you please. And she took from the basket the canned goods she had brought, and set them in an enticing row upon the table. Ingua stared at the groceries, and then stared at Mary Louise. Her wan face flushed, and then grew hard. "'You bought them for me?' she asked. "'Yes. So you won't have to steal eggs to satisfy your natural hunger.' "'Well, you can take the truck away again, and you better go with it,' said the girl indignantly. "'We may be poor, but we ain't no beggars, and we don't take charity from nobody.' "'But your grandfather—we'll pay our own bills and buy our own fodder. The Crags is just as good as your folks, and I'm a crag to the backbone,' she said, her eyes glinting angrily. If we want to starve, it's none of your business, nor nobody else's. And springing up, she seized the tins one by one, and sent them flying through the window, as she had sent the dishpan and dishes earlier in the morning. Now then, follow your charity, and make yourself scarce. And she stamped her foot defiantly at Mary Louise, who was dumb with astonishment. It was hard to understand this queer girl. She had made no objection to replacing the broken dishes, yet a present of food aroused her to violent anger. Her temper was positively something terrible in so small a person, and remembering her story of how old Swallowtail had clenched his talon-like fingers, and twisted Ingua's arm till she screamed with pain, Mary Louise could well believe the statement that the child was a crag to the backbone. But Mary Louise, although only a few years older than Ingua, had had a good deal more experience, and was, moreover, a born diplomat. Astonished though she was, she quickly comprehended the peculiar pride exhibited in a refusal to accept food from a stranger, and knew she must sue the girl's outraged spirit of independence if they were to remain friends. "'I guess I'll have to beg your pardon, Ingua,' she said quietly. "'I was grieved that you are so often hungry, while I have so much more than I need, and the money which I spent was all my own to do what I liked with. If I were in your place and you in mine, and we were good chums, as I know we're going to be—' I'd be glad to have you help me in any little way you could. True friends, Ingua, share and share alike, and don't let any foolish pride come between them." She spoke earnestly, with a ring of sincerity in her voice that impressed the other girl. 
Ingua's anger had melted as quickly as it had roused, and with sudden impulsiveness she seized Mary Louise's hands in her own and began to cry. "'I'm as wicked as they make em she wailed. "'I know I am, but I can't help it, Mary Louise. It's borned in me. I want to be friends with you, but I won't take your charity if I starve. Not now, anyhow. Here, I'll go get the stuff and put it back in your basket, and then you can lug it home and do what you please with it.' They picked up the cans together, Ingua growing more calm and cheerful every moment. She laughed at Mary Louise's disappointed expression, and said, "'I don't always have tantrums. This is my bad day. But the devils will work out of me by tomorrow, and I'll be as sweet as sugar. I'm sorry, but it's the crag blood that sets me crazy at times.' "'Won't you run over and see me?' asked Mary Louise, preparing to go home. "'When?' "'This afternoon.' Ingua shook her head. "'I dasn't,' she said. I gotta hold myself in the rest of the day so's I won't fight with old Swallertail when he comes home. Anyhow, I ain't fit to show up around your swell place. That black coon of yours'd turn me out if he saw me comin', thinkin' I was a tramp. Mary Louise had a bright idea. I'm going to have tea tomorrow afternoon in that summer house across the creek, she said. I will be all alone, and if you will come over and join me, we'll have a nice visit together. Will you, Ingua? I guess so, was the careless answer. When you're ready, just wave your handkerchief. And if the devils ain't squeezing my gizzard like they is today, I'll be there in a jiffy. End of chapter five. Read by Sibella Denton. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.